thylamide is the naturally formed component of the browning effect, also known as the Maillard reaction, between amino acids and reducing sugars under heat. It is also considered a carcinogen, and in 2018, EU legislation introduced the benchmark for levels of acrylamide in biscuits and cookies below 350 parts per billion. However, recent tests showed many samples surpassed this limit. These regulations are set to be renewed next year, meaning it's crunch time for a number of bakery and snack producers. And with 64% of consumers indicating interest in the influence food has on their health, it's a barrier that producers can't afford to ignore. We chat to Case Vake, Technical Service Manager of Baking Enzymes at DSM, to find out what manufacturers need to know of the changes ahead. Hello Case, and thank you very much indeed for joining me today. Firstly, to bring everyone into the conversation, what is acrylamide? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, acrylamide is a chemical naturally formed component as part of the browning effect, which is also known as a Maillard reaction. And the Maillard reaction is a natural chemical reaction between amino acids and reducing sugars under heat. And if the amino acid also happens to be a free asparagin, will this trigger a minus side reaction, creating actually this acrylamide? And the acrylamide content can vary from 50 up to 7,000 ppb in biscuits and cookies. EU legislation was introduced in 2018. What exactly was this legislation? Yeah, the current legislation states that food manufacturers are required to apply practical steps in their production, according the ALARA principle, which is now right. lowest reasonably achievable. Uh, the legislation also contains various food categories with accompanying benchmark levels. For instance, biscuits, they need to meet the benchmark level of 350 ppb acrylamide. So what are the challenges in tackling this so-called carcinogenic? Yeah, manufacturers of biscuits and cookies find it very difficult to reduce acrylamide for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first one, the type of flour, for instance, which is used. Difference of asparagine levels between white flour and wholemeal flour that can vary by up to a factor four in wholemeal, and that automatically also results in higher level of acrylamide. And secondly, the different types of concentrations of sugar. Fructose mm -hmm. is much more reactive compared to glucose, for instance, and therefore contributes significantly to the production of acrylamide. Yeah, and then we have also the water content and the activity. So okay. water is needed to activate enzymes. Yeah, so we have an enzymatic solution. So you need to activate this enzyme to make it productive. But water is also needed to improve the extraction of the asparagine. And the rotary molded cookies, for instance, not so much water is used, which makes it very challenging for producers. In your opinion, are manufacturers generally aware of the acrylamide levels in their products and is industry on a whole meeting these targets? Yeah, that's a very good question. We believe that most of the food manufacturers are aware of the acrylamide levels in the products. Although uh -huh. the awareness, manufacturers still find it very difficult to meet the benchmark levels in some of the products. This is also why DSM created an easy-to-use enzymatic solution to help mm -hmm. baking manufacturers to reduce this acrylamide level. Data from several organizations has recently found huge disparities in the acceptable levels in products. Can you tell me a little bit more about this? 
Yeah, that also has to do with um, the fact that there are very, very, um, uh, very a lot of variations in recipes and used mm -hmm. ingredients, which can cause different acrylamide levels, and that really can vary from 50 up to 7,000 ppb. And uh, apart from that, biscuits and cookies they have different levels of acrylamide, and it can be very difficult to monitor for manufacturers. Partly driven by the pandemic, and actually long before the pandemic. Today's consumers are focused more on health and wellness than ever before. And certainly the role of food is uh, quite important. Is acrylamide recognized by the consumer as a possible carcinogen? And what impact is today's health trends having on acceptable levels? Yeah, that's an interesting question because um, yeah, we believe that consumers are not totally unaware of acrylamide and its potential effects. Uh, I mean, right. if consumers these days, they are gathering more and more information on their daily diet. They have nowadays much more access to different sources like social media, and they are very keen on what they are actually eating. And those who are aware of acrylamide are very concerned, especially for children's health. So they are right. really into the fact of, of yeah, knowing or get to know what they are actually eating. Can you mention some of the possible product groups that are more prone to developing acrylamide? Now, if you look to, uh, they need to be high in asparagine levels, so potato-based products, so like potato crisps, potato chips, uh, uh, fabricated snacks like like uh, uh, stackable snacks, uh, but also think of of uh, uh, vegetable crisps, but also biscuit and cookies because they are made from wheat flour and sometimes they are made from wholemeal. And wholemeal also con can contain high levels of asparagine. So these are basically the major categories. And products for children and infants? Yes, because also infant biscuits and infant cereals are part of the diet and they are mostly also made from cereals. So they're also part of this uh, of these categories uh, which are, are mentioned in this uh, legislation. The EU regulations are set to be renewed in 2023. What will be changing and who will this affect? Yeah, that it is proposed that from 2023, EU legislation will contain adapted benchmark levels for various food categories, which are in some categories lower than the current levels. And this new legislation will also comprehend maximum levels of these categories. But also more categories are included, like for instance, oxidized black olives, uh, uh, potato-based products like Rusty, and I already mm -hmm. uh, named it uh, uh, fruit and vegetable crisps. Please tell me about DSM's Smart Cookie Guide. Yeah, that's a nice question. And uh, I like to talk about that because our Smart Cookie Guide, that is a compilation of our experience and the know-how we build up over two decades with regards to acrylamide mitigation. Uh, we all know that reducing acrylamide is not an easy job, especially in biscuits and cookies. And besides the fact that we as DSM like to sell an enzymatic solution, we also like to think along with our customers to have a better understanding of the formulations and processes. And we like to help them to optimize even further to have the optimum efficiency of our enzymatic solution. For our listeners, can we drill down into some of the topics the guide covers? For example, how does fructose affect acrylamide formation in a rotary molded biscuit? Yeah, fructose is an ingredient which is often used in biscuits and cookie recipes, and they are used in different ways. So uh, not only fructose, but also other sweetness like, like uh, fruit concentrates, juices, uh, inclusions, fruit pieces. 
and most of them they can contain high levels of fructose. And the higher the percentage of fructose, that also means automatically the higher the quantity of acrylamide. There's a direct correlation between the level of acrylamide and the level of fructose. And in terms of the fructose, does it have to be baked in order to develop the acrylamide or can it be in its natural state? It needs to be baked because you need to have a heating step, otherwise you will not have a Maillard reaction. And a part mm -hmm. of the Maillard reaction is the, the, the reaction of forming acrylamide. So without a heating step, you will not have a uh, reaction like, like the formation of acrylamide. Another example that you've mentioned in the guide is ammonium bicarbonate. Can you explain that one? Yeah, that sounds a little bit scarier, ammonium bicarbonate, which is actually a baking powder, uh, which is increases the formation of sugar fragments like glycols and methyl glycols, and they react rapidly with the asparagine, which creating the acrylamide in a higher yield. And besides that, ammonium bicarbonate also increases the pH, and that is accelerating the Maillard reaction and just the formation of acrylamide. So the higher the pH, the, the, the higher effect of the Maillard reaction and the higher level of acrylamide. Enzymes seem to be the answer in tackling acrylamide. Can you explain the concept behind this? No, enzymes are recognized as uh, one of the better solutions in this case for acrylamide mitigation. But if you look to a broader perspective, uh, enzymes are natural occurring proteins and they appear everywhere around us. They are biocatalysts, actually. They are biodegradable and they are able to convert a product into another product in a natural way. Eh? So in this case, and asparaginase is converting asparagine into aspartic acid. And by doing that, you take out the contributor in the Maillard reaction, which is helping to reduce the acrylamide level. But other types of enzymes, they can also help to delay staling in bread, for instance, but also uh -huh. enable longer freshness in baked goods. Um, yeah, for acrylamide reduction, asparaginases are quite an ideal solution because they require no significant change to the recipe or process. So it is almost like a plug and play uh, solution. DSM offers a solution that reduces acrylamide by 90% in crispy wafers, 80 to 87% in infant biscuits. How will this solution help manufacturers meet the regulations set for next year? Now, the industry is already used to mitigate acrylamide, like you said, Zoe, and in many cases, manufacturers are already able to reduce acrylamide levels up to 90%. Um, but DSM, DSM's preventes will allow manufacturers to achieve maximum levels according to new legislation. And like I already have said before, as DSM, we like to work with manufacturers to achieve the most efficient results by sharing our knowledge and experience. Is there anything that manufacturers need to know ahead of the new regulations? Now, I think that uh, manufacturers should be aware that something will change for them, uh, right. specifically for the biscuit and cookies manufacturers, because uh, uh, the current benchmark level of 350 ppb, that will go, go down to 300 ppb with a maximum level of 500 ppb. So that is quite challenging for some manufacturers. Please tell me a little bit about DSM. DSM is a solution provider, so we are moving into the field of providing the food industry solutions which help them to understand better the application to make better food for everyone. Um, this particular uh, topic like acrylamide mitigation helps also to produce safer food. So, uh, uh, but besides that, we have a lot of different solutions uh, based on biotechnology which can really help manufacturers to create better food for everyone. Thank you.